ministries, they carry a holy zeal and energy and life that's needed in the body of Christ. And they're like a spearhead of revival, I believe, and awakening, awakening. Not only in this church, but we think of the whole state of Minnesota and the whole nation. Amen. And Lord, we just pray over the, the young people because we know they're what they call rebooting now. Uh, this coming Wednesday, Lord, we just pray over that for your Holy Spirit, just as we sang this morning. Your presence, your unction, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's say that, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's release our kids at sixth grade on down to classes. If you need help finding it, ask someone and We'll find your places for the kids. And let's, adults, let's greet each other. Find somebody you don't know and, and greet them. Hallelujah. The problem, Josh, is how to know when everybody's done shaking hands. How long do we give them? Another 30 seconds, maybe. 30 seconds. Okay. 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Okay. Good to have you this morning. Good to be here. Scott and Carla are making sloppy joes for us today, so please stay after the service and fellowship with us. Uh, we need someone with IT experience to help with the church computers. We got stuff to update. We got to keep things running smoothly. If you're interested or know anyone who is interested, please talk to me or one of the deacons. As Pastor Steve mentioned, this Wednesday is going to be good. We're uh, rebooting the youth ministry. Uh, you're going to reboot your morning when you listen to Pastor Steve and Joyce at 9 in the morning um, with the touch point. At 6 p.m. on Wednesday, uh, there will be youth activities and kids activities. Uh, the next class for the Forge Ministry School starts this Thursday. Uh, the four-week class on wisdom will be taught by Jim McCracken. You can register at countryfaith.org. January 27th and 28th will be the youth roundabout all night for grades 7 to 12. Uh, meet at the church here on Friday at 6 p.m. $20 per youth, and please let Zach or Abby know if you plan to attend. Uh, we will be receiving an offering for Bibles for the Gideons today. Uh, you, the, the Gideons will be outside of the sanctuary here receiving your offerings for them, and you can make out checks to the Gideons. And you can see archive touch points, Sunday messages, and give online at tenstrikecommunitychurch.com. Um, I wanted to introduce Josh Grover today in case you haven't met him. He's going to share our giving lesson here, and I just want you to know to just, you know, be comfortable. Talk. I, I got it. Thanks, Andrew. No, in all seriousness, thank you, Andrew, okay. for everything. For <laughs> well, uh, to go over this morning's offering, a tithe and offering, I just have a few things that I wanted to say this morning, and Lord, Lord was had on my heart. From the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, Leviticus 27.30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. 
If a man redeems any of this tithe, he must add a fifth of the value to it, the entire tithe of the herd and the flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod will be holy to the Lord. You see, in the Old Covenant, Moses was handing down the law from God. And he was handing down this law to the Israelites to show them, to demonstrate to the world that the Israelites were set apart from the rest of the world. They were special they meant something a little different. They had God. They had the vision and understanding of who he was. And he wanted to set them apart according to the law. <clears throat> now, when Jesus came, the Spirit came with him. Jesus came to the world. The law didn't change. Jesus became the law. And he had something else to say. Now, if we turn to Matthew 23, 23, he talks about the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. I'm going to turn to that really quickly. Thanks, Andrew. So Matthew 23, 23, if I can get there. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees and hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. So he's not saying don't tithe, but he's saying you should neglect the most important things about your heart. Turning to Matthew 15, 9, 15, 8 through 9, rather. Speaking again about the Pharisees. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by man. <clears throat> you see, God is after our hearts. Nothing we give matters unless it's got your heart behind it. Here at church, 10 Strike Community Church, we believe that it's a part of worship. It's part of who we are. If we're going to give, we give with heart of worship. You know, worship team, kids, I was watching one of the songs earlier. Um, I got to get the lyrics out of my head now. They're in my phone. I know it because I had to take it down. So this is one of the things as we talk about when we talk about heart of worship. And I know it's not much, but I have nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? So it doesn't matter what we have. Everything we have is from God. When we give, we worship. So behind us, you can see back there, we have black boxes to give monetarily. But we worship this morning with our giving in every way, shape, and form. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray over the tithe and offering? Father God, we thank you so much. Oh my gosh, for a thank, oh, the worship was incredible this morning. We just thank you for the gifts that they gave this morning. The kids' fantastic words from their mouths and songs from their lips. Father, we pray over this morning's offering that it is glorified to you that we give with a worshipful heart, a heart full of you, because nothing, nothing what we have matters without you, Father. You are in everything. You are a part of us, Father. We want to make sure that we give that to you, Father. Again, we bless this morning's offering. Let it be used to further your word, your gospel, and your truth. In your wonderful, amazing name, amen. Thank you. Well, before Rob Salmonson comes to share with us about multitudes in the Valley of Decision this morning, we have some very special guests, and that's Tyrone and Kim Clark. And um, maybe you could both and just say hi to the people a minute here before we have Tyrone. 
they were with us a couple of years ago, and they moved here to Bemidji area a number of years ago now from Hawaii to Bemidji. And uh, just found out this morning that that they are in the place of president of Gideon's for the state of Minnesota. And so they have a very active schedule, and we just thank you for taking that part, that servant role, encouraging people to get those Bibles out there. And, you know, when you meet someone, sometimes right away there's like an instant connection in the Spirit, and there's just like a oneness in the Lord. Well, that's what I feel with these two. Right away, again this morning, it was renewed. And so let's let's greet a, a warm, isn't the weather wonderful? So we'll give them a warm welcome either way. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thank you again, Pastor Steve and brothers and sisters in Christ. I uh, just gotta uh, thank God for allowing Kim and I to uh, return uh, here back to 10 Strike, when they were looking for someone to, it was two years ago, matter of fact, um, they was looking for someone to go uh, speak at 10 Strike. We didn't have a speaker at the time that I volunteered. And boy, did I receive such an incredible, both Kim and I, warm welcome during that time from the front door. Uh, we even had a tour of the church and I thought, wow, that was, that was just over, you know, above and beyond a, a, a good welcome. Well, it happened again. <laughs> they needed someone to come to 10 Strike to speak. We was looking, I think it was about October last year, and they said we need someone uh, because we have people that are assigned to each church. And when they brought up 10 Strike, and we didn't, that person was not available, I said, hey, I'll go. I will come back to 10 Strike time and time again. Uh, so I, I really appreciate even the welcome this morning was just so great. So thank you so much. Uh, uh, just goes to the epitome of what this church is. And I, I got to say thank you, First Lady, for sharing that word. Participatory is so important. Uh, we we got to keep doing that. We got to encourage others to participate in the body of Christ for serving. So uh, real quick, let me move right on to my message. I start preaching up here, so let me uh, uh, start. But um, uh, so real quick, what had happened over the last couple of years with the Gideons? We know that we went through a tough time with COVID and all that stuff that happened. There was a decline in so many things that affected the ministry. And, uh, and we're still trying to get people to come back to church, get back involved and so on and so forth. We're still struggling with that. And, uh, and we'll, 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 we've been talking about the new changes and new normal and so on and so forth. But we're in, we definitely are in a, a different time now. But what we realized when the decline started with the churches, what has happened now is there's been an incline with a thirst for the word of God over the past couple of years. We, we, we saw that, uh, and we saw that more in other countries as we uh, send people. Every year we establish what we call international scriptural blitzes, and we send people to other countries the 200 countries that we're based out of, and boy, do those people respond. Do they respond to the word of God? And we, we've given out so many scriptures uh, overseas. We're starting to see an increase here in America. It's starting to return. People are thirsty and hungry for the word of God. 
which has been so encouraging. So here, let me woo you with a number. Last year in November, we did receive uh, a, a report from Giddings International that we had ex issued over 2.5 billion scriptures since its beginning. So we are so pleased with that. That's a lot of souls right there that we, uh, we have touched. So we think, uh, just thank, thank the church for a church like this that has been helping us through those years of being able to get uh, donations that help produce Bibles that goes to other countries to share with those individuals because the, those countries can't afford to buy Bibles and, and testaments and tracts and things. So, so when you give to us, that money 100% goes to the, the production of the, uh, the scriptures that goes to the other countries that's being shared. And as a reminder, I want to talk just real quick about my wife, uh, because she's an auxiliary. The auxiliary is a crucial part of our organization because, believe it or not, there are places that ladies can go that men can't. So we thank you for uh, their service, their commitment. And if you go to like a dentist's office or a doctor's office, a pregnancy center, uh, assisted living, nursery home, those are the places that the uh, ladies visit. Those are uh, uh, places that they get into. I don't know why I set up this way, but they're allowed to go in. We, we have to sit on the outside, so, uh, and, and it, it, but it's okay. They are very crucial to the uh, assisting us in making sure that God work, work get out to everybody, no matter where they're at, so we, we thank you for that. Uh, passing out the word is just one part or one phase of what we do. Sharing the word is the other part. A couple of days ago, my wife and I, we were talking about, do, well, she asked me the question. She said, do you think Christians compromise? And I said, absolutely, we do. We don't compromise the word of God, but we compromise. Now, people look and they're probably thinking, oh, boy, that's a negative connotation, but I'm going to show you how we compromise. Can you roll that video uh, let me real quick. This is one of the way we do it. Came up early for convention because she had some training on the first day. So I had an extra day where I got to just walk around the streets and meet people. Of course, I had a couple of testaments in my pocket. And I encountered this one young lady that was, um, I guess, soliciting for a charity. She was trying to uh, receive some funding to help kids in Pakistan. And as I talked to her, I shared that I'm very familiar with uh, charities, and because I'm a Christian, I asked her, are you a Christian? Is this a Christian faith-based uh, uh, ministry? And she said, no, actually, I'm uh, Muslim, but uh, aren't we all serving the same God? And I said, well, <laughs> I do agree there is only one God. So, but I'm sure we would have different perspectives to look at. But I'm really appreciative of people that are trying to help children. So, I said, if I'm a Christian and you're a Muslim, instead of fighting, how about we compromise? And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, I would be glad to help offer some money for your charity if you would take a free gift from me. And she said, well, I, I think that sounds okay. Uh, what are you thinking? I said, well, I have a free copy of a Bible. If you would take that for free and promise to read it, and I have no way of knowing if you're going to do that, so I'm just going to tell you, then I would be glad to donate to your charity. 
Well, she said, okay, I would do that. And I thought this was the greatest thing possible. Well, then things kind of changed for me. So I reached in my pocket. I didn't have my credit cards. I only had cash. I took out some cash, and I started to give it to her. And she said, I'm sorry, we can't accept cash. Here on the street, it's not safe for us two girls to take cash. People could mug us or something like that. I, I guess, maybe was a little discouraged because I thought, oh, the opportunity's lost. And honestly, I, I thanked her for what she was doing, and I started to walk away. So quick, with such a little bit of adversity, I gave up. But before I left, she said, well, wait a minute. That doesn't mean I won't take your Bible. So I was really blessed that she stopped me and still took the Bible, even though I couldn't give her the money. Yeah. Amen. Uh, it, it just, uh, again, we don't compromise the word of God, but time after time, we, we may call it sacrifice. I'm going to make this sacrifice because I want to make sure that this person gets the word of God. It's sacrifice, compromise, negotiate. Some kind of way, you, whatever term you're going to use it for, we do it because the word of God is important. Um, so uh, as a reminder, the Giddings is an association of Christian men, along with auxiliary wives that's dedicated to telling people about Jesus uh, through association together for service uh, in sharing uh, the personal testimony. And we do this by the placement of Bible scriptures and tracts wherever we are placed at. So where, if I was anywhere else uh, on this day, that's where we'll be passing those scriptures out. So why am I here today? We still need your prayer. Uh, prayer is so crucial to the Gideon's organization. We pray 24 hours a day, believe it or not. There's not a time that we're not praying for Pastor Steve, Okay. 24 hours a day, the sun never goes down on us because as one Gideon goes to bed, another one gets up and starts praying. Constant. So we are up on a Muslim who prays five times a day. We thought, how could we do that? But we do it 24 hours a day. Second, we need your help and can uh, continue to do, uh, fulfill this ministry by passing those words out, getting the, the, the scripture out to people who need to hear the word of God. And believe me, you're making a huge difference when you donate. Third, there is uh, the Gideon's Card Program. Every time you use one of those cards, it goes to the production of a Bible, of a testament, of a tract that we share with other people. So it's, it's, it's nothing that we got. We're not a, a, a profit-making organization. Everything you give goes towards the Great Commission that Jesus charged us with. So finally, uh, if you want to give to us today, uh, Kim and I will be standing at the uh, entrance, uh, well, the exit from this way, from the exit doors, uh, and you give as your heart content how you please. Anything is so appreciated. Again, when you give, others receive, and they can receive the greatest gift of all times. That's the free gift of eternal life with Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so much for doing this. We'll have Rob come on up here now. And uh, what a ministry. And we just pray over you in that. I know it can be taxing. And so, Lord, we just let's reach out your hand here, Jordan. 
Trace, we want to come over here too. Lord, we just lift up Tyrone and Kim, and we know it's the local Gideon activities, but also for the whole state of Minnesota, that they are, go across the state traveling so much to many places, many towns, to encourage the local Gideons and people and the churches and pastors there. Lord, we thank you for that anointing that is upon them. Lord, we thank you for sustaining them. Lord, your blessing, your favor, your protection, your provision, your direction for them. Spirit, soul, and body, in the name of Jesus. And everyone in agreement said, Amen. 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 I love you, brother. Yes. Yes. You got your mic there, right? Rob? Yep. Got the mic. Okay. This is Rob Salmonson. Wired up here. Feel free. Oh, we've had a couple different speakers today, which I appreciate. Gives me time to mellow out a little bit more. But if you notice somebody nodding off, feel free to poke them a little bit. Gently, gently. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I thought of the scripture when I heard that uh, President Tyrone was going to share with us, and I mean that respectfully. Uh, Luke 19.10, and I think of how the Gideons partner with the Lord in accomplishing this. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the Gideons are seeking out where to place the Bibles, who to hand the scriptures to. And we're all a part of that. And then God uses his word to save those who are lost. So again, thank you for that ministry. Today, I guess you could sum it up maybe a little bit by talking about vegetables and desserts. I know we all like desserts. You know, life is short, eat dessert first. We've all heard that. And you can tell I have plenty of desserts. But sometimes it's better for us to have vegetables, isn't it? A little bit more nourishing. So today's message might seem like we're getting into some vegetables in a manner of speaking. But God's word will nourish us. I want to start, since Steve mentioned the weather, which has been wonderful, I want to just start with a little joke, which maybe would have been more appropriate during a normal winter. But one day, God was talking to the Archangel Gabriel and said, I created a land called Minnesota. It is a land of outstanding natural beauty, a land of 10,000 beautiful lakes, each full of fish and beautiful landscapes with sprawling prairies of tall grass, beautiful blue skies, and rich, fertile farmland. The land is also rich in natural resources and, in fact, is populated by people so friendly that they are known far and wide as Minnesota nice. Gabriel replied, well, that sounds truly wonderful, but don't you think maybe you're being a little bit too generous to these Minnesotans? And God chuckled and said, hmm, not really. Wait until you see the winters I'm going to give them. <laughs> so today's title actually comes from a scripture we'll be touching on later from Joel, multitudes in the valley of decision. We all have decisions in life daily. And sometimes some decisions seem small but if we're following the will of God, they're important in his eyes. 
and important to those around us. And I always like to start with a prayer, but really today, my prayer is a scripture from Psalm 90, verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us, O God, to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. So I want to talk a little bit about Jonah. You all know the story of Jonah, so I won't belabor the point. Uh, he did not want to go to the wicked people of Nineveh. God wanted Jonah to go there and warn them that judgment was going to be coming unless they would repent and turn to the Lord. Nope, Jonah got on a sailboat, went off in a different direction. God said, no, nah, you're not going to win that battle. Sent a mighty storm to the sea. Got so bad, the crew said, what's going on? Jonah confessed, it's my fault. I'm running from God. And the only way this storm will subside is if you cast me into the sea. And I was thinking, Pastor Steve, of last week, how you shared how God grew that oak tree. And one season, he grew that leaf, which just happened to be shaped just right, so when it fell, at a time of need, it landed right in your hand. And Jonah tells us God prepared, God had prepared a big fish. How many years had that fish been growing to swallow a man? I don't know. Then, you know, three days, three nights in the belly of a well <laughs> until he got spat out upon the land close to Nineveh. Okay, God, I got the message. I'll go and warn those wicked people. But why, why didn't Jonah want to go? to the people in Nineveh. I mean, he knew their wickedness. I'm not sure many of us would have wanted to go there. In Jonah chapter four, verse one and two, it tells us Jonah was angry. Jonah was angry because he knew these things about God. It doesn't say he was angry at the wicked, wickedness and iniquities of people of Nineveh although I'm sure he didn't like them. But it says he was angry because he knew that God is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and relents from doing harm or evil. See, Jonah wanted judgment to fall on the people of Nineveh. In a sense, you could say he wanted the day of the Lord to strike Nineveh. But what did God want? God's ways are often different than our ways, aren't they? God wanted these people to repent and to be spared. God could see beyond their wickedness, just as he has seen beyond ours in the past or maybe even this day. God can see the potential of each person. And he wanted them to repent and to be spared. Well, aren't we, aren't we sometimes, being honest, aren't we sometimes like Jonah, wanting judgment to fall on the wickedness and the evils that we see around us in the world? Do we wish for the day of the Lord to come? Let's take a look at Amos chapter 5, verse 18. This is from the New American Standard. It says, woe to you. Woe to you who are longing for the day of the Lord. 
For what purpose, what purpose will the day of the Lord be to you? It will be darkness and not light. In Amos chapter 8, verse 11, take a look at that. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. We don't ever want to be in a place like that. We are thankful for all the men and women that have fought for this country, kept us free, and that, that continue doing that to this day so that we can gather freely, not secretively, freely and worship the Lord. What a blessing that is. And I'm going to just read a couple of scriptures from Joel. First part's going to sound familiar to you. Says, Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all, let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, a day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. Now let's look at uh, Joel chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 together. Therefore, also now, even now, right now, even when things seem dark and gloomy and oppressing around you, even now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart and with fasting and with weeping and with mourning and rend your heart and not your garments and turn on to the Lord your God. For he is, remember this is the Lord speaking, what does he say? He says, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness and repents from doing evil or from doing harm. When, doesn't that sound familiar? <laughs> Those same five characteristics of God are exactly, exactly what Jonah stated. You see, when we repent, God relents. I'm sure I must have heard that somewhere before because I'm not clever enough to come up with a little rhyme like that. When we repent, God relents. By his mercy, he sends people to warn us that perhaps we're not quite on the straight and narrow path like we think we are sometimes. In prayer, one time, oh, a handful of months ago, I'm going to say by now, I just really felt like the Lord's presence, you know, those times where you can feel his presence come on you pretty strong. And I just kind of felt like these words were being ministered to me. And they made me, just a simple, quick little sentence, but they made me both rejoice and tremble at the same time. These are those words. Soon I am coming and will bring justice to all. You see, as a Christian, we can rejoice in his coming because we have been justified in Christ. But as a Christian, 
Shouldn't we also tremble at the thought of those who are still unbelievers? Here's my sticky notes, Joyce. <laughs> yeah, a little, little joke between us here, adding things. And <laughs> See, we who are Christians, we long for our heavenly home and eternal reward. But we do know people who need God's saving grace. Jonah's feelings toward the people in Nineveh and our feelings, I think, toward people today would change if we could, even for just one second, see from God's perspective how very, very, very real hell is. Eternal hell. We need to have an urgency in praying for people to repent and to be saved 24 hours a day. It is time to, as Jesus said, to be about our Father's business. Now let's look at uh, Joel 3, verse 14. And this is where that scripture comes from. Multitudes, multitudes, it says it twice, in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The valley, the valley of decision. And Jeremiah in Lamentations 3, verse 55, he cries out, I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the lowest pit. <laughs> what is it with us people? Why is it we got to wait until we get into some sort of a deep valley or a low pit that we finally look up and say, help, I'm in a bad spot. I need your help, Lord. Or I need a helping hand from a brother or sister in Christ. I can't do it on my own. I thought I could. I tried for a long time, but I got further and further down in that pit. We need each other, and we need God's hands. Matthew 24, 12. Jesus tells us that in the end times, because wickedness shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Do you think that Jonah's love waxed cold because of the wickedness around him? Has your love waxed cold? because of the wickedness that you see around you. You see, God despised the evil wickedness of the Nineveh people, but his great love and mercy gave them a chance to change, a choice to make, to move out of their iniquities and into his loving grace. Again, they repented and he relented. He forgave them. And through Christ Jesus, God has forgiven us. Now I'm gonna need your help. It's not really quiz time, but I didn't know what else to call it because you know I try to go through a bunch of scriptures and stuff and as the Lord leads, I'm looking up different things and I'm preparing for a message. And I just, I'm not sure if maybe I miss stuff sometimes. So maybe you, you help tell me if I'm quoting these next scriptures correctly. Uh, if not, just feel free to let me know what I'm missing. So from the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts, we forgive others. 
Is that what the scripture says? What's that? I missed, I missed as? Forgive us our debts. Oh, as we forgive others. Oh, well, now that kind of changes it a little bit. Thank you. See, I knew I must have been hurrying along a little bit there. Let's look at Matthew 6, after, or verse 14 and 15 together. It says, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Well, how about from John chapter 15, verse 12? Again, looking for your help. This is my commandment, that you love one another. I have loved you. As that same little word, that little teeny. I mean, does that change the meaning of this? Really, this is my commandment that you love one another as, as he's loved us. Do we love one another with that same love? It does change the meaning, that little bitty word. Hmm. Love one another as I have loved you. Thank you. You know, Galatians 5.13 tells us that we are by love to serve one another. Are we serving one another? I just got to pause here and just say, I'm in agreement every time it's spoken of about all the giftings in this church. Serving one another. And in any church you go to, there are people that God has placed with giftings to help that church function and run smoothly. Praise the Lord for that. Well, one more quiz from Galatians 5.14. And maybe you're catching a little pattern here. Thou shalt love thy neighbor, love thyself. What's that little word? As thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Which, of course, brings us to the question that the lawyer asked Jesus in Luke chapter 10, the Good Samaritan story you're familiar with. The lawyer asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? Who? Who is my neighbor, Jesus? And Jesus told him the story of a person who was walking along the road. Some thieves attacked the person, robbed him, stripped him, beat him, left him for half dead. The man probably could barely, I mean, put yourself in that man's eyes for a moment. Could probably barely even see. But looking through the corner of his eyes, here he sees, oh, here comes a priest. Now, thank you, Lord, someone can help me. But the priest nervously spots him and passes by on the other side of the road. Oh, oh, here comes a Levite. Oh, I know. That. Surely that's a person of good standing who will help me. But the same thing happens. But here comes a Samaritan, a good Samaritan. I see good Samaritans here all around me. Hallelujah. And he's looking at me, and he's walking straight toward me. And he's got compassion in his eyes. You have compassion in your eyes when you go to help people? 
He bound up his wounds, took him to an inn to be cared for further, even paying for the expenses. So when Jesus asked the lawyer, which of those three passing by was a neighbor unto him who had fallen among thieves? The lawyer answered and said, he that showed mercy on him. First Peter 4.10 tells us we are to minister our gifts to one another. Let's look at Proverbs together. Proverbs 3, verse 27 says, Withhold not good from them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Each one of us has the power to forgive, the power to love, the power to serve, the power to bind up those who have been wounded physically, emotionally, spiritually. We have that power to do that. The power to minister. The power to do good to one another. And let's look at Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. It says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have, therefore, opportunity, and we have lots of opportunities if we would just open our eyes, open our ears. As we have, therefore, opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Matthew 10, 8 asks the question, or makes the statement, freely you have received. Freely give. What does that mean to you? Freely you have received, freely give. I think of 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7, which asks the question, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you then boast as though you did not? Haven't we all freely received grace, kindness, mercy, love, forgiveness, health, provisions, life itself? God's mercy is poured out on us every day. His mercy never comes to an end. I, I can't tell you where it is. I'm just going to guess Psalms or Proverbs. I don't know. But a few weeks back, I, I saw a scripture on a daily calendar, and it's just been ricocheting around my mind now and then. So here it comes again. Uh, were it not for his compassions, or were it not for his compassion, we would all be consumed. Isn't that true? We all need his compassion all the time in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your compassion. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are not going to be consumed, but rather, through Christ Jesus, we are victorious. Hallelujah. In Romans 8, 34, we are told, listen to this, that Jesus makes intercession for us. He prays for us. We are the recipients of his prayers. Well, shouldn't we likewise be praying for others? especially those that we know have needs all the time, again, 24 hours a day. There are needs out there. In 1 John 4, 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we ought also to love one another. And I'm going to talk about uh, that thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's in John 10, 10. You don't have to put it up yet, or you can, either way. That, either way, that's fine. Uh, have you ever thought, why is it the scripture says the thief comes to steal, in this order, steal, kill. See, when we think of something that's killed, we think, well, that's it, all over. No, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. See, Satan tries to steal the good gospel seeds that are sown in us. He tries to kill off our beliefs using lies, deceptions, and fear. Why? Because he wants to eternally destroy our faith and move us toward doubting God's word. Satan doesn't want us to be a good Samaritan a merciful neighbor who goes about to the, physical, the physically and spiritually wounded, nourishing them back toward wholeness in Christ the Lord. Satan doesn't want people to know that Jesus fully paid the price for their salvation, for the healing of wounds, for life everlasting in heaven. See, we don't often like to talk about it, and I don't know why the Lord is pausing me here, but I'll just follow it. There is eternal life, one place or another. Everyone has, will have eternal life. It's just our choice, folks, that we follow the ways of God through Christ Jesus the Lord and spend it in heaven, or do we fall for the deceptions and lies and fears of Satan? And spend eternity in hell. It's our choice. Well, reading through the full verse there, John chapter 10, 10 together. Jesus said, the thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. And here's, a, here's a, just a precious scripture that I came across. Psalm 147, verse three. God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And he would have us do likewise for one another. Haven't we all, being honest here, haven't we all at times in our lives experienced hardships, wounds, sorrowful, or maybe a broken heart. God has used his word and people, good Samaritans, to minister healing to our needs. Now it's our turn. Yep, it's our turn now to show mercy and to have compassion in meeting the needs of those that God puts in our path. Use your giftings. Practice being Minnesota nice. Help people out of the pitfalls and valleys of decision by choosing to love and to serve one another. We just need to have our eyes, our ears open, our eyes open <laughs> to hear God's kindnesses 
that he has shared with us so that we can then share them lovingly with others. Now, I'm almost done here. I'm getting close. But, uh, Joyce, you had to spoil it for me when I listened to Wednesday's Touchpoint. Joyce was sharing about a, oh, a retreat they were at here recently and how she really felt the Lord impressing on her to just share with a couple of people. Very simple word, a very simple word from the Lord. So in God's timing, she did. She shared with the first person, was it sweet faithfulness? Was that the words? And what a blessing that was to that person. And then someone else just needed like a throat lozenge or a cough drop, one of the worship leaders. Joyce followed the Lord's prompting and did that too, and what a blessing that was. And I recall you saying, it's just little things. And I thought, oh, no, no. Being obedient to the Lord's voice on even the smallest of things, on even the least of these, my brethren, is a big, big, big thing. For she or he who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. Hallelujah. I do have one more joke, short one. Wake you back up before mealtime. It's about a kindergarten class, show and tell. The kindergarten student's show and tell assignment was to bring an object to share with the class that represented their religion. The first student got up in front of the class and said, my name is Benjamin, I am a Jew. And this, and he holds up a star of David. This is a star of David. He sat down and the second student got up in front of the class and said, my name is Mary, I'm a Baptist. And this is a cross, and she held up a cross. The third student proudly stepped up in front of the class and said, my name is Tommy, I'm a Lutheran. And he reached under the table and from out of the desk, he pulled up and he said, this is a hot dish. <laughs> so as we fellowship today with the meal, I know we have many backgrounds of folks here, and I would imagine a sprinkling of some Lutherans also. Praise the Lord Amen. for hot dish and for Scott and Carla preparing the meal for us today. And for each one of you, thank you, Lord, for every good Samaritan here. Place within us the desire to reach out to people and help them from falling into valleys or pits of despair in life, to bind up their wounds, oh God, and to turn them, turn them, turn them ever so gently toward your grace, which is available to each and every one of us through Christ Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. 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 Decisions. Multitudes of decisions. Multitudes of people in the valley of decision. Whatever those decisions, that's what life is made of, is decisions. We make choices. Follow the word of God or not. And of course, the, the big one is 
to believe the Word of God, the Bible, and then to receive that Word that Jesus has sent as our Savior. So whether it's someone in here or someone watching online, wherever you are, if you have not yet received Jesus as your Savior, we welcome you to do it today. Just call unto him, say, God, I know I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And, and call on his name and you will be saved. Just believe the word of God. But then also all the other decisions we have there's a right way, there's a wrong way. The right way is always the word of God. And thank you, Rob, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Such a good teaching. Again, and everybody that shared this morning, you know, the words coming forth, so good and so powerful. And what we're going to do is, I think uh, Tyrone and Kim will have you go right now uh, and go stand back there. Someone will show you. Here's tell you what, here's a couple to start with there. And um, <clears throat> so they'll be in the back, and this is our opportunity to give to that ministry of, for Bibles. That's all the funds go for Bibles uh, to be distributed all over, all over the world. And uh, so they'll be there to receive that. And uh, also, if you would like prayer, or if you'd just like to talk about something, I'll be up here, Rob will be up here, we'll be up here to pray with you. So please stay if you can for the sloppy joes I hear we're having. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll, some there's probably some vegetables. This was a great vegetable Lord. meal, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So God bless you.